0: I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same same. in Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word because it's always a lamp unto our feet and it is always a light unto our path. And so as we surrender ourselves to your word today, I thank you in advance for signs, miracles and wonders to follow the word that is preached I declare in Jesus name that this word is going to change the lives of these families that's in this room. And even those who are listening via podcast or even via video, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus that their families will never be the same. As I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit stepping up so that everything that is said and done will minister grace To those who hear it, and we declare in Jesus' name that our lives will never be the same. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Welcome to This Is Us, part of our Survivor Series. If you're visiting us for the very first or second time... Word of Truth Family Church takes the whole month of September and we divide our congregation. We take the 9 o'clock services and we preach to married people because married people tend to not go to counseling when they need it. So I decided to just give them counseling right over the pulpit. And then on uh, 11 o'clock, that's when our singles get to hear their word. And so if you're here and you are single, just receive because this will help your marriage whenever you get married. Amen. So I'm going to start out with something that's a little funny. Uh, My wife invited some people to dinner. And uh, at the table, she turned to Landon, who's eight, and uh, said, Would you like to say the blessing? And Landon said, I I wouldn't know what to say. And so Pastor Sarr said, Well, just say what you hear Mommy says. So Landon says, Dear Lord, why on earth did I I invite all these people to, to eat today? (laughs) <laughs> i'm just kidding she didn't do that that's just a joke i want to just throw that out there all right so since you're married people i want to give you five interesting facts about marriage that you may not have known five interesting facts and uh, here's the first one due to jobs kids tv the internet hobbies and home or family responsibilities the average married couple spends four minutes a day alone together Four minutes along together. Here's the second fact. Do you want to read it, babe? Over
1: 75% of people who marry partners from an affair eventually divorce.
0: Wow. Did you hear that? So that means it's better just to stay who you with. Because if you you step out, there's a 75% chance you're going to divorce. So just love the one you're with. Here's number three. In the United States, over 50% of first marriages end in divorce. 67% 67% of second marriages end in divorce, and nearly 74% of third marriages end in divorce. Now, what's the purpose of that statistic? Just stay in the marriage you got. Because you got a better chance of staying married. That's right. Amen. Washington,
1: D.C. has the lowest marriage rate in the nation.
0: Okay, so, uh, you know, if you know somebody single, tell them do not move to D.C. <laughs> and then here's the last one. of happily married couples said their spouses, friends, and family rarely interfered with their relationship compared to just 38% of unhappy couples. In other words, you'll have a happier marriage keeping your family out of it. Can I get a hand clap from somebody? Now... I sent out the title on last night of what I'm going to be talking about. And since marriage is usually experienced before most people are educated about it, I personally believe the average person is unaware of the proper purpose of what marriage is. So today I'm going to teach you on the topic, and if you're taking notes, adjusting your marital belief system adjusting your marital belief system so if you have your bibles i want you to find genesis chapter two genesis two and we're going to start in verse 16 genesis chapter two verse 16 and while you're finding that i am convinced that the average couple who enters into a marital relationship decreases their chances of having a successful marriage and here's why because their belief system about what marriage is and what marriage is for is skewed unrealistic or unbiblical. Now, there are four lies that marriage, uh, that most people don't realize are lies when it comes to marriage. So you can write these down or you can listen to the podcast or video after we uh, put them out there. But here's the first lie about marriage and that is marriage should complete me. Marriage should complete me. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it says... For in him, verse uh, 10 says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And it says, and you are complete in him. When you got married, you were complete before you got married. But most people say, I want to get married to be complete. Well, it's because we watch movies like Jerry
1: Maguire and it goes,
0: you You complete me. me. (laughs) Foolishness. Here's number two. Here's number two. My spouse should completely fulfill me. And the problem with that is, if God designed your spouse to completely fulfill you, you wouldn't need God. No human being can completely fulfill you as a person. Acts 17, 28 says this, for in him we live and move and have our being. Here's the third lie. Since God physically made the man first, he is more important in the relationship. The
1: devil is a liar.
0: (laughs) Let me rewind that one. Okay, let's say that one again. Since God physically made the man first, he is more important in the relationship. Now, Uh listen, not more important, but really more responsible. And we'll talk about that later in the lesson here. And then here's the last lie about marriage. Love for each other is enough to sustain the relationship.
1: I love him.
0: I have met people who are married and they say, Well, I love her, but I'm not in love anymore. Well, I don't know what that means. (laughs) But see, love is not enough.
1: Neither is it a choice. It's a, it's, not, you know, it's a choice. It's not a feeling. So what yeah. they're talking about is the feeling. I'm not in love with him. I don't feel the butterflies because, you know, we watch everything else and we don't understand all the director's cuts and cues and all the, the things, you know, that are going on in the movies. This is the kind of life that we expect that we're living. So when we and it's mad. even
0: worse with social media.
1: Yeah, with social media because, like, I mean, I'm, I like social media. So, I mean, for me, I mean, I take 200 pictures before I post one. So it's not even real.
0: That is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing Not, but, but the, the truth. truth. <laughs> and then she wants me to take two hundred. Yeah, I'd like this.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know. And then I take the picture.
0: And then it's cropped. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's. It
1: goes into Visco, and you know, I mean, all that. So, but we 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 get this idea, and so when we we, we you know we come and we say, well, I want to feel that. So when you see your husband in the morning, you know, you kind of want to hear, dun, 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 dun. you know, you kind of want to hear music and you don't, you get bad breath or whatever, you know. So it's kind of a disappointing thing because you're looking for this in love business. And so they come into the office and we're talking like, well, that is not the Bible. You ha- you choose. It's a choice. Love is a choice. Yes, it is. Not a feeling. A choice. Your feelings will get up there. The more you have sex, the more feelings you all have. Just have more
0: sex. And you have more feelings. Well, and, and listen, listen, listen. It's true. You say, well, Pastor, I, I I love my spouse, but it's true. But you got to learn to communicate too, because if you don't communicate, you're not going to stay in unity. Amen. Now, last week, one of the verses we used to help us see how important the foundation of marriage is, it was found in Matthew 7:25. You can just take note of that. And the principle was a person's life or in the context of marriage, which we're talking about now, will only be as strong as its spiritual foundation. In other words, that's why last week I talked about having your personal spiritual life in order. Well, when couples get married, if their spiritual and knowledge foundation about marriage is not based on the truth, then watch this now. They're going to go through the challenges of life and not be able to overcome it. So let's talk about a little bit about wrong beliefs because a lot of us, believe it or not, were married with wrong beliefs. And here's why I know that because no one ever taught us the right beliefs about marriage. Amen. So my definition of a false belief is to believe something that is not true or that is false or watch this now to believe something that is not true as if it is true. So a false belief is to believe something that is a lie, but you think that it is truth. So now, here's what we're going to do now. Let's look at now how false believing works. Because many of you don't even know you have false beliefs about being married. So let's go through what false beliefs are. First, number one, when you believe wrong, you think wrong. When you believe wrong, you think wrong. If you were raised as a kid that you can take anybody's stuff and that's okay, then it, as you grow up, you're going to think you can rob a bank and be okay with it. So when you believe wrong, you think wrong. Here's number two. When you think wrong, you will act wrong. Right. So now you believe that robbing a bank is okay, and you walk into Wells Fargo without a mask <laughs> and say, stick them up. So when you believe wrong... You think wrong. When you think wrong, you act wrong. Here's the last one. When you act wrong, negative results always follow. So here is why many people believe the wrong thing about marriage. It's because whatever they saw or heard first about marriage is what created their belief system about it. So if Papa, who was a rolling stone, wherever he laid his hat became his home, and you grew up saw that seeing that, then you think that being a rolling stone is a part of being married. So
1: I'll give a good example. So when we were, um, I don't know what we were doing when we were in South Africa. You, you we were we in had, South Africa. Yeah, yeah we, I was. Well, we had a long distance relationship. And so I remember the pastor that I was under there for my missionary year was really good and they were walking me through like a lot of emotional deliverance because I knew I was going to get married to Eben and I wanted to make sure that as much as possible, I could get rid of whatever was happening in my life. And I remember as we got to the whole parent part of life and we started talking about it, I realized that I had a fear of divorce because of course my father and mother had divorced and then I'm one of seven children, but there are four mothers involved. And we all got in... I mean, we all get along. It's like a little Mormon family. But uh, we all get along. But at the same time, I wasn't... You know, I hadn't dealt with that fear. And I didn't know that that fear had existed. Until it, you know, it came up where now it's time to get married. So when I got into the marriage... Into the first thing, so we're gonna be honest here now because you're leading into something. Then you all know that I've been sexually assaulted and abused before, right? We'll testify about this. So when Mike came into my first year of marriage, I'm just thinking sex is just for him, it has nothing to do with me. He's just gonna take it and he's gonna be happy, and I'm just here to just suffer. Is
0: that wham bam, thank you, ma'am?
1: Yeah, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Okay, Uh right? And but then because you know, but then because there's that fear of divorce now. You can't speak up to say anything because you're afraid to rock the boat so you just compromise and take it and the other person may not even have any idea of the wound that you're dealing with or any idea how to help you because in your mind you believe this is so i believe if i just rock the boat in any way he's going to leave me i believe if i speak up he's going to leave me i believe you know you're afraid of any of this abandonment of this divorce of this leaving so you just take everything and there's no communication it's not that the person doesn't want to speak to you it's that you have a belief system and so i believe that marriage this is what it was going to look like it's going to be great for a second but it has
0: to end sometime which which yeah. goes into when it was time to talk about children and discipline pastor sar because of her experience had a problem with me believing that you ought to whoop kids I'm um, are y'all clapping. So,
1: I'll never Man, forget. I got beat down, man. I mean, I got beat. That's I didn't the problem. get no, no spanking pastor. Che can testify for me. My mom was hostile towards me.
0: That's I'm, abusive.
1: Yeah, I mean, she yeah. could grab my hair at any minute and hit me. So, I did not, I was not planning to spank any of my children, touch them, nothing. They were just going to be protected under the shadow
0: of my wings. And so, uh, I had a problem with that. Because I'm reading the Bible and it says, spare the rod, you spoil the child.
1: It didn't matter to me what the Bible was saying. My belief system was, I'm going to kill the child. I'm going to kill the child. I know, I was a a selective believer. What am I saying? I was a selective believer. There's scriptures I didn't want to listen to.
0: Well, we had to have a long talk.
1: I know you all don't want to own it, but I own my stuff, okay? So, I just didn't want to do it and I had to go to counseling over that.
0: Look. We finally had to come into agreement, and here's my thing: I'm not going to get out of agreement with the word to be in agreement with you. But you know what, babe?
1: It, uh, on that note, let me tell you how I solved that. Actually, I went to the counseling, but there was a there was a statement that Pastor had said to me that really Absolutely. helped me. Here we go. Here it goes. He this said,
0: <laughs> "Because he said it is good. It's good. <laughs> this is good. All right. Tell him what I said, babe." <laughs>
1: All right, so I talked to him. I was bro- breaking down, and I said, babe, I'm afraid I'm going to abuse her. You know, I'm afraid I'm going to I'm going to hurt her. Or I would hurt her. Or you would hurt her. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And so, you know, because he believed in him grandfather whoopings. I didn't even know that was a thing. Right? Mm. So I was afraid, and I said, babe, I think I'm going to hurt her or abuse her or whatever. I don't want to abuse her. And he said, you abuse her when your heart towards her is wrong. When your intent... For disciplining her is about you, about making sure that you have the best behaved child so other people can compliment you. When it's about you and not necessarily because it's good for her, you'll always overreact. You'll always go to the left. You'll you'll abuse her no matter what because it's not for her. It's about you. And so I sat down and I thought about it. And, you know, growing up, I was the one that spanked them the most.
0: (laughs) And here's the thing. Whatever you heard first or yeah. you saw first yeah. is what created the belief system for your marriage. It's like the law first mentioned in the Bible. Whatever you heard first is what you're going to believe first. So go to Genesis chapter 2. Go to Genesis 2. And uh, I hope we're going to get this in there. Let's start in verse 16 because I'm going to go through and dispel some false beliefs about marriage. And then we're going to make some course corrections. Everybody say course corrections. Course correction. Now, it's going to get real hot in here. I'm just telling you right now. It's going to get real hot because some of you don't even know that your belief system about Mm -hmm. marriage is wrong. Okay, so watch this now. In verse 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. Verse 18 says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. He brought it unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl, to the air, to the beast. And I'm going to jump down to verse 21. And the Lord says, but for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs, not a rack, not a rack of ribs, only one rib. He closed up his flesh and the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made a woman, he brought her to the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So here's the first area where a person's belief system is normally off when it comes to a marital relationship, is when they interpret the word alone to mean lonely. See, a lot of people get married because they were lonely. Mm-hmm. Now, the word alone in the Bible, it means to be isolated or to be by one's self. Even the dictionary agrees with the Bible. It defines alone as separate or isolated from others. The word lonely was defined as, call, as the cause of a depressing feeling of being alone. In other words, watch this now. When it means alone, it means that's a physical thing, but lonely is an emotional thing. Right, that's good. Because you can feel lonely while some people are around you. Right, you can feel lonely in your marriage. Yes, right. So God saw that it was not good. Everybody say it was not good. It was not good for man to be isolated or by himself. So he decided to give Adam some help. I heard Lisa Bever say it this way.
1: She said, the first problem that ever existed in the world, God created woman to solve it.
0: Yes. Aloneness.
1: Hello. Yeah.
0: yeah. But the first problem that made man fail was from the woman too. So. But we, Okay. You know what? Let's balance this no, thing out. No, no, no. Mm-mm. That
1: ain't right. That is not even right. That is not... No, it's the
0: truth. That is the truth, right? Because Adam should have been watching now, over his I, woman. Yeah, I get you. We're about to talk about him right now too.
1: Yes, let's So he says, him.
0: I will make a help meet for him. Mm-hmm. Everybody say a help meet. <laughs> a help meet. A help meet. And this is where the second problem comes in. Because most people, especially men, we have misconstrued what God meant when he was providing man with a help meet. The word help means an aid. The word meet means an opposite or counterpart. So notice now the definition was one of an aid, not a slave. I know you saw daddy bark orders and sit in his Archie Archie Bunker seat (laughs) with a remote control in his hand and all he said was what he wanted. He didn't move, he didn't help. He didn't do nothing. How many know what I'm talking about? You don't have to raise your hand, but just shake your head. Because your daddy ain't here this morning, maybe. He's not here. Notice now, the traditional belief in the role of a woman, even in early Christianity, was kind of slanted. Women were kind of second-class citizens or even seen as servants. But it wasn't even in the United States until the 19th century that women even began to work outside the home. So we're talking about now a slanted belief system in our, in, our, in our own culture. Well, watch this. If the belief system of a woman is viewed as a slave to men, then if she's a slave, then by default that means the man is the master. Now just look at your spouse and say, the devil is a lie. Go, go on and tell her. An aid is someone who helps. For instance, if you are right-handed, how many right-handed in the room? If you are right-handed, your right hand helps you to write and to eat. It's not your slave. It's a part of your body, and it can't be. Well, we are about to see that when God made the woman, he took her out of the man. Therefore, watch this, she is part of the man. So it's not like she's independent from him. She's a part of him. And this is why a lot of marriages do not function properly. It's because one person is considered superior over the other one. It's a male chauvinist or misogynistic attitude that will hinder your marriage from working. Now watch this now. You have to remember when God made man and female or male and female, he made the spirit of them at the same time. Now, go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1 very quickly. We're running out of time. I I need to show you this because, see, uh, there's this uh, fallacy where God made man first. He physically made man first, but he spiritually made man and woman at the same time. Nice, baby. Now, watch this now. It says uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, So God created man in his own image, which is spirit. In the image of God created he him, watch this, male And female created he what? Them. Them. Everybody say them. Them. And watch verse 28. This is very powerful. And God blessed who? Who did he bless? He blessed them. Not just him. He blessed them. And this is what he said. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea. Women, you can step on spiders. (laughs) You have dominion. We had a little bitty snake, little old bitty snake at the house the other day. Little old bitty snake. I mean, and she was like, babe, babe, come out here right now. Go kill this snake. And I'm like, babe, that's a long worm. That's not even a real snake. I said, I am not going to kill that snake. I refuse to kill that snake. It's too little. I'm not going to do it. I go back in the house. She go in there and asked the lady to help, help clean the house. Ah, Aisha, can you go kill a steak? The lady, the lady just went and picked the steak up like this and went and to go put it in the grass. He said, You have dominion, dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So watch this. We can see that God blessed both the man and the woman with yes. the same blessing. Yes. He gave them both dominion and authority over the earth as well as over every living creature. So where does false beliefs come in this area? People try and define a person, watch this, instead of defining the position or the responsibility of the person. That's good. So let's take a natural example. How many have supervisors on your job, if you're a supervisor? Let's pretend that you are a supervisor on the job and you have a manager that you report to and that's over you just because they are positionally over you does not mean that they are a better human being than you are. As a matter of fact, just because you report to them does not mean that they have different rights as an American that you have. So it's not, it's not, watch this now, the person, it's the position in which they hold. And let me say this, God gave Adam the responsibility of leading the relationship. And the New Testament clarifies how this works. 1 Corinthians 11:3. 3, I'm going to read it. It says, but I would have you to know that the head, say the head. The head, the head of every woman is Christ. Uh, the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Notice now, everybody ought to have a head. It said the head of the man is Christ, right? And the head of the woman is who? Is the man. And then it goes on to say, I, I love this. And the head of Christ is God. Everybody has a head. And the problem is, women tend to marry headless men. Now, you are all a man in Christ, so I know you're not a headless man. But watch Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, I'm going to start in verse, uh, 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Now listen, listen, that's talking about the church people, us as church people submitting ourselves to one another. And then he wants to bring some clarity. He says in verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Watch this, as unto the Lord. Notice he says that the wife, that's something she do. That's not something he ought to make her do. Hello. See, hitting her won't make her submit. Submission is a personal thing. Notice he says, wives, submit to your own husbands. You know, it's, so many women are hypocrites because they go to work and they're submitting and then they come home and they don't want to be. Thank you for no claps, but it's all good right now. It's all good. It's about to get real deep right here. Real deep right here. Watch this now. Notice he says, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. That means that if your husband is asking you to do something immoral or illegal, you don't have to do it. If you say, well, if you have a job, you know, you work like him. Don't be giving that church no tithe. Don't listen. It's your tithe. He said, as unto the Lord. Wow. It's quiet, ain't it? He said, it's our money. Well, no, you're trying to treat it like it's yours, so I'm going to treat it like it's mine. I'm going to tie it so our house won't be cursed. Well, this is going over real good. (laughs) So I said, he said, for the husband is the head of the wife. That's the second time. Even as Christ is the head of the church, he's the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. So watch this. Being the head in a relationship is a position and not an attitude. See, the attitude of worldly leadership is a boss mentality. I'm the boss, you do what I say. I'm the man, you do what I say. I'm the head, you do what I say. No, no, no. But being the head in a biblical sense is one of leadership and service. Leadership. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 10. Watch this. He that is the greatest among you shall be your servant. Mm. However, as a wife... Your submission is very important to the relationship for it to work right. Now, I'm going to read Ephesians 5.22 just to give you a parallel verse to what we just read. It says, wives, submit yourselves. Whose job is it to submit? The wives. As unto the Lord. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to her own husbands. Uh, Colossians 3, I didn't finish it. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as it is fit in the Lord. Verse 9, husbands love your wives. If you notice, in both instances, when he said for the wife to submit, in both instances, he said for the man to love his wife, right? And let me tell you something. If you love a wife right, she won't have a problem submitting. Now, I should have got a hand clap from all the women. Yeah, you're right, pastor. If this man just loved me Right? Then it says, uh, and be not bitter against them. In other words, don't hold a bad taste about your, mouth, your, your wife in your mouth, all right? So let's clear this whole submission thing up. Touch your neighbor, touch your wife or husband. Just say, here he comes, here he comes. Submission is a position. Submission is a position. In a biblical sense, it means to put oneself under. Think about it. The president, the vice president... Directors, uh, managers, supervisors, okay? Those are positions. Someone has to lead or be the head or the whole family gets out of order. And you wonder why the kids ain't acting right. Because things are not right. So how do we begin to adjust our thinking and change our hearts so that we can change our false beliefs into God's word? Here's the first one. You must start by doing a heart check. Everybody say a heart check. See, this is hard. See, you may have had the belief that only women should cook. See, here we go. Here's this misogynistic attitude. Well, women, they used to be the one that cook. But what if she can't cook? Are you going to eat mush every day just to hold your pride? What if you're a better cook than she is? I'd rather eat good than to eat mush. What if your wife was taught by her dad how to fix stuff? And you're not necessarily a Mr. Fix-It man. But you and your pride won't let her do it because you the man. So here it is, you putting Junior's bicycle together and you put it in backwards and now he got a pedal like this. His friends think he moonwalking on a bike. <laughs> Y'all remember that one once. Listen. In reality, in the Bible, women were supposed to be managers of the house. They should be running. In fact, when you look up the definition, it means the head of the household, right? Not of the relationship, but of the household. And see some men have problems Letting their wives do what they're good at If you're not good with yeah, the money right say it slow. If you're some not good Some men say it. have a problem Some men have a problem Allowing their wives, allowing their wives to, do to, do to do what they're good what at they're good at. It
1: doesn't mean that you're less At anything else Just because she's good at something Whatever you're great at That's, a, that's what leadership is Leadership allows somebody else To shine in what they're great yes. at Yes
0: and my wife is a great leader when it comes to cooking.
1: I'm a great leader at many I can't
0: things. cook. I can't. But she is a fantastic cook. I'm awesome. And since my mama not here of ways. she can beat my mama cooking. <laughs> now, if you have tell Mother Connelly that, I'm going to say, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, here we go, real quick. So the first thing you need to do, you must start by doing a heart check. Let me just throw this in here. Let me throw this in here. As a wife, you, 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 if you have gotten married with this mentality that I'm gonna marry the prince shining armor, he's coming to rescue me, he's coming to save me, mm-hmm. well, what is he gonna save you from?
1: From doing anything. Save you life. from working? Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: From budgeting? Yeah. From your past life? That's right. That's a false belief.
1: Just don't save. What? Well, here's the thing. When you when you marry like that, it's like a trophy wife it's trapped in a working girl's body and you're just waiting for somebody to release that trophy wife so that you can just do nothing
0: okay, okay. well I'm glad you're, not, you're a trophy wife and a working no. wife
1: I'm a called wife.
0: Called, girl. You say that. Say it again.
1: I'm a called Say it wife. one more time. I'm a called wife. You are a call. And before I was ever married, I had a call. You and if believe he it. ever exits here, I will still fulfill that call. Before you know I was what? ever a wife, I was a daughter.
0: And it was my responsibility to make sure that call on her life place. That's exactly is place. right.
1: I want to, you know, babe, I know you got all these notes, but I want to just. Uh, we out of time now. Yeah, but I want to say testify about this part of what okay i mean i'm just gonna give you some marriage advice god to give us some advice yes i am i'm gonna just take it from my own experience here you know uh one of the things that really make us work because we're so opposite as you can not tell but that's scriptural yeah we all of his gifts on the personality t- test they're negative in mind like they if it was like 50 gifts it might 100 for his so we're very very opposite But here's the thing from, for you guys, if I could encourage you to do one thing is to really know God for yourself and have a confidence towards God. When you are secure in who you are, when you're confident in your position, in your calling, in understanding your God, you will never minimize those that are in your sphere. You will never humiliate humiliate them or or take away from them. Your job would be to let them shine. The more they shine, the better you feel because you know who you are. If I could encourage men, that would be the biggest thing. Because I find a lot of insecure men try to trap their wives, withhold their wives. Their wives are better at finances, but they're not going to let them do it because it looks like they're not smart enough. You're smart if you let her do what she's good at. Because you look good and your life stay because on. Because it's not about you. It's about us. It's the family unit. You have to remember that we are imprints of God in the earth. Male and female. He's a many-breasted God. You understand? It, we, as females, are an expression of God, just like you're an expression of God. And together, we create the whole picture. So, men, if you can know your God... And get the daily downloads from him. If you can understand him and get his heart, you will know exactly how to govern and manage and mine out of your wife the gifts and callings. One of the things, so that's what I love the most, is that Pastor Edmund is not intimidated by anybody. He's not insecure around anybody. He's always sure. He knows who he is. He's highly disciplined. He's focused on God. I can trust his relationship with God. So when he speaks to me, it's not an idiot speaking to me. I don't have somebody who didn't speak to God speaking to me. So I respect what he says because I know he put in the time. It's You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things. The second thing is he does not want me to not be who he God has called me to be. He understands that there's a corporate call and there's an individual assignment. That's right. And he pushes me in that assignment. So it's not something that he's trying to hold me back. He's like, no sweet, go. You're being lazy with your call. Do it. You're being lazy with your call. Do it. Did you write today? Did you do this today? He's my main push person. Why? Not because he's just awesome, which he is, but because he as a leader understands his job is to raise up in his children and also in his wife to make sure that we fulfill God's call on our life. So men, it's so important. And then women, for us, if we are secure in who we are, if we're maintaining our relationship with God, like what Pastor talked about last week, if the man and the woman are moving towards God, they're getting closer to each other. If you already know what your responsibilities are, then it's not an issue when it comes to trying to, to please. And, you know, because we're naturally built to please, we're naturally built to please. So I just want to encourage, I think what works for, for us is the freedom that I have in my relationship so, I have the freedom to be myself. So, I mean, you know, Pastor Evan, you know, he's the one that says no. Babe, can you uh, go pick up land? No. And he just say no. No reason, no nothing. But it's been 23 years and I've never said no. Because I'm naturally built to say yes. I want to say yes. You know, it's easy for me to say yes. But he's a planned person. So, he's not going to alter his schedule for me either. You know what am saying? But I'm flex. You know, it don't bother me. Hey, you know, I'll do it. So, I like doing that. I like saying yes because I know he know he's not gonna hurt me or harm me or injure me. I'm in a safe place, amen. So men, lose her, and you will see she will come back and give you better because we are multipliers. Whatever you give us, we multiply. You give us sperm, and we yes. give you a baby. You give us a house, we give you a home. We we are good at doing that. So. Yeah,
0: release. That was good advice. Come on, give Pastor Sar a big hand for that. So we're out of time. So I'm just going to fast forward. I'm just going to give you the principles because you got to adjust your thinking. Secondly, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you identify false beliefs. And ask Him to help you to remove them. David said, it created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is that you must accept the biblical truth for the relationship. So go back and begin to listen to a message like this over and over again so your mind can be renewed. And then begin to search the scriptures for yourself. And don't search them looking for what you wanted to say. Let the scripture speak for itself. Right. And then the last thing, I'm going to ask you to follow us as we follow Christ. We're not a perfect couple, but I tell you what, we're perfect together. We are. Yeah, that's right. And I'm telling you, as long as we're following the Lord, just follow us. We don't have the the a uh, uh, what do I call a a perfect non-argumentative relationship. No, because yeah,
1: I get I get he sulks. I get miserable. You sulk, right? Yeah, you do sulk.
0: Hey, yeah, but, it is what it is.
1: But yeah, but I
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I just refuse to go out. <laughs> You know, I'd rather do that than to go off on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So either way, you know, you got to do what works. We all know each other. Yeah. So I know when she ate, you know, when she all irritated. So I just let her be
1: there. And then I'm turning 45 next year. I don't know what's going on, child. I mean, a whole lot of things. My little eyes start getting dim and my body falling apart. All sort of things going she on. She having a problem so
0: wearing know. glasses. She having a problem wearing glasses. <laughs> if your last name is Connor, we wear glasses. My kids wear glasses. I wear glasses. My mom and daddy (laughs) wear glasses. My sisters and brothers wear glasses. Connors wear glasses. That's what we do. So now, you are real Connor. (laughs) I got baptized. (laughs) So right there at your seat, bow your heads right there. Hold your spouse's hand. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, the word has been sown. I declare on good ground take hearts that have been made of stone and turn them into flesh and I pray that the power of the Spirit of God and the resurrection power of your word will go down deep on the inside of each person's heart mind and soul and that Father you'll begin to make adjustments in their thinking So that we all can have marriages that reflect the order of God. And that is Christ is submitted to you. The man is submitted to Christ. The woman submitted to the man. And then Father the family is submitted to the woman. And I thank you Father for this order taking place in this house So that, Father, the blessings of the Lord and the anointing that comes from the head will flow all the way down to the body, from the beard all the way down to the skirts of the garment. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, if I ask you today...